Hi, everyone, and welcome to B Squared C, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host, Nancy, and I hope everyone is safe and sane wherever you're listening to this from. Last week, I had the pleasure of sharing the story of Rachel Gatling, a powerhouse of a woman who is not only a corporate badass, but also an entrepreneur and an inclusion and diversity champion. We titled the episode Change Your Story because Rachel has literally been carving her own space in the corporate world throughout her career, changing her own story. Something that is so necessary as a black woman when you walk into rooms and there is no one who looks like you or examples um, of people who look like you. I am in awe of Rachel. And when I was preparing to share the conversation with you, I had this moment of like, wow, this is why I started B Squared C. I created B Squared C so that someone like me could find someone like her and get a glimpse into my future and validation of what is possible. And it was so surreal that in the same week, Chadwick Boseman died. And the collective mourning of black people everywhere further cemented one of my biggest reflections on Rachel's conversation. And that is representation matters. And that's what I want to talk about today. Let's get into it. One of my favorite viral photos of the last few years is of this little black girl staring at the portrait of Michelle Obama at the National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. Now, this was after the portraits of the Obamas had been unveiled. And according to bystanders, there's this little girl. Her name is Parker Curry. You should look it up because the photo is amazing. Well, so she had been excitable before with her mom barely keeping up with her. But in that moment, her entire body just like froze and she went wide eyed with her mouth open, just, you know, staring at this picture. Now, I can imagine what was going through her little head at that time. I mean, seeing a woman who looks like her and her mom on the wall of this majestic institution. That is something that a lot of people of color do not have the privilege to see all the time. Like people who look like us sitting in places that are we want to be in places of power, whether in images, film, or leadership. Now, there was once a debate I saw on LinkedIn under a post about the first Black valedictorian of Princeton. And there were people in the comments arguing about why, you know, at all they should mention his race and all that stuff. And I must say, most of the people arguing this were uh, white folks. I hope this last few months of mass education on racial injustice have opened up people's eyes to why this matters so much. Racism has been playing out systematically for ages to, you know, deny people of color access to opportunities for them to truly realize their potential. In the American context, you can think of uh, instances like little black boys being criminalized, um, 
you know, when they are actually just kids. Rest in peace to Mia Rice. It's in stories like Chadwick Boseman being stereotypically cast as a black thug, you know, at the start of his career. And when he questioned that, um, he lost those jobs and he had to struggle to find his next gig. And it's also in stories like brilliant graduates in my country of Zimbabwe who are really talented people, but coming into an economy with up to 80% unemployment with a lot of political strife. I once had this conversation with one of my friends um, watching the documentary on Warren Buffett, and we just asked ourselves, like, so are they no like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett on the African continent? And our conclusion is that they are the difference. It's just that they never got to reach their potential. They never had the opportunities that allowed them to fulfill their potential. So this is why when any one of us makes it, it's a celebration because they did it despite all the systemic obstacles they had to face and still have to face sometimes. Like remember Obama in office and all the racist attacks um, on him, right? And that is why Chadwick Boseman's death hit different for a lot of us. For those who might have missed this, Chadwick Boseman is a Black American actor who passed away last Friday following a four-year battle with colon cancer. He is best known for playing the lead role of the groundbreaking Marvel superhero, Black uh, superhero movie, Black Panther, and he was King T'Challa. And I'm not going to explain the plot of this movie to you. Just just go and Google it if you if you haven't heard of it. But what you need to know is that what well, before Black Panther, a Hollywood movie set in Africa featuring an all-black cast would have been too big of a gamble because the perception was always that our stories would not have an audience big enough to warrant, you know, this big box office um, appearances. And the highest budget a black film had uh, before Black Panther was $130 million that was spent to make Will Smith's Bad Boys 2 as a sequel to Bad Boys 1. And Black Panther cost around $200 million, but it went on to gross $1.2 billion around the world. The news of Chadwick's death hit um, America while I was asleep in my time zone. And I got to wake up and grab my phone and just find images of him all over Instagram. And for a moment, I thought like, is is it his birthday or something? But before I knew it, I realized what was happening. And I had like tears coming down my face. I texted one of my group chats that was already talking about this. And I was like, guys, I just woke up. I think I'm going to go back to sleep because this can't, this can't be real, right? Chadwick Bosman was 43 years old, so young. But if you look at the tributes that have been flowing in about him and his impact, not only as an actor, but as a person, you will see that he lived an incredibly impactful life. He was passionate about telling black stories and he brought just so much to any of the characters that he portrayed, including being King T'Challa in Black Panther. 
By the way, he was uh, diagnosed uh, four years ago uh, with uh, the colon cancer he died from, which means that he was already fighting for his life through, you know, uh, filming Black Panther and all the fame and appearances that came with it. And it's just such an incredible feat um, to accomplish, right? Now, Black Panther itself was not just a movie for Black people. It was a cultural phenomenon that spread across the globe, uniting all Black people in one narrative. Now, I'm talking about Black people in the diaspora and Black people on the continent and even, you know, across the African continent with our diversity. They captured the narrative of our people so well. And it was so impressive. I mean, as a Pan-Africanist, I was incredibly impressed. And it was a huge, huge win for representation um, in four ways. First off, the movie was a majority black cast, which um, is unusual in Hollywood. And secondly, not only was this cast just majority black, but it was also various shades of skin color with dark-skinned black males and female characters in lead roles. And that in itself is also quite iconic because colorism, right? And then thirdly, the director, Ryan Coogler, was a young black man from Auckland, California. And the biggest thing about it was people of color were represented positively throughout the movie. Now, this is in contrast to the usual images of black people that you see, which are stereotypically, you know, as the help or comic relief, uh, as criminals and thugs or as sidekicks. With Black Panther... Black and brown kids everywhere got to see people that look like them in positive leadership roles, being superheroes, saving people, showing agency, as opposed to the negative stereotypes I just talked about. I mean, the women of Wakanda were a vision, like a force and a character unto themselves. And it made me, a black African woman, feel so proud to be the real life version of them. And Black Panther, by the way, is the only film that I, yeah, fought on the internet with people about. And it was ridiculous because I had to tell myself uh, to step back and realize that mm, this is a make-believe world, Nancy. You cannot fight people <laughs> about this. But that's how passionate I was about it. And I think what um, I love the most about it is that it gave Black people a whole cast of um, characters that we could finally dress up as at Halloween. Um, without feeling out of place because it was always very awkward trying to pick a Halloween outfit and not having, you know, a lot of black characters to dress up as. Now, research has shown that from an early age, children's early experiences, what they see, experience, and consume around them and in media um, shapes what they imagine to be possible for people who look like them, live where they live, or come, or come from where they come from. It shapes their expectations of themselves and of others as well. And oftentimes, when children dream big, those who actually end up fulfilling their dreams have the advantage of seeing examples of people that look like them. 
And that is why representation matters. Look, I grew up a little girl with big dreams that no one like me had or occupied space in. I was stubborn enough to stick to them through high school. And truly the first time I saw a reflection of myself and my dreams was with my first mentor in undergrad, Dr. Fumi Olopade at the University of Chicago. I mean, there was this incredible African woman who was a MacArthur genius, which is, you know, a prestigious grant in America, pioneering studying breast cancer in women who looked like us. Talk about an icon, right? Well, I followed her around the University of Chicago Hospital until she allowed me to work in her lab. And I think I've told this story on my other episodes, but eventually that became my biology thesis in undergrad as well. Now, the biggest thing about being mentored by Fumi was that witnessing her genius every day was such a privilege. I watched her command her lab and the rooms that she was in, and it was nothing short of inspirational. And every time I had to stand in front of a crowd and present my work, I felt anchored by her existence. I walked into every class in which I was one of um, three black kids sometimes with just a different kind of confidence because she existed. I got to feel like I had a right to my dreams because she existed. And that is why representation matters so much. And by the way, also why B squared C matters so much to me. My hope is that, you know, this podcast reaches black and brown girls who are studying in college right now, and they can start to imagine what their careers are going to be like. And more importantly, when they're ready, I hope that there will be enough of us to pull them up so that they can also chase their corporate dreams with much less obstacles than the rest of us. Okay, that's it from me this week. Thanks everyone for listening and thank you to my guest from last week, Rachel, for inspiring what I shared with you all today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give this podcast five stars and share it with your network. And next week, I'll be back with an interview with another badass woman of color in the corporate world. For now, I am your host, Nancy. Be safe, be empowered and stay inspired.